Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part two in our conversation on doubt. We hope you enjoy. What was your earliest memories or, or are, you, are you a person that is easy to believe in things? Do you struggle with doubt? What is your experience with this, with this topic? I think with, with, with doubt itself, my uh, current relationship with it is a lot, is a lot better. Uh, I'm not afraid of it. Uh, I actually look forward to those hard questions that I ask myself, the kind of digging beyond the, the surface level of a belief, but actually going, just going as close to the root as I can possibly go. Um, being an incredibly trusting person. Because uh, another def- another one word definition of doubt is mistrust. Hmm. I'm mistrustful of something. Um, so I would say that I grew up very similar to you. Um, grew up in the church. Both my parents are Christians. They are not first generation Christian. They I don't know exactly. Um, I know my dad is second generation Christian. So his his parents, uh, his dad was a uh, the first Christian, his, his house that I'm aware of. So this is a generational, I'm a generate multi-generational Christian here. So the language of Christianity is in my DNA and doubting God was not something that I ever did until I probably got into my twenties. Uh, I would say, especially after my dad died, I had probably two years of pretty intense, fearful doubt where it was based in fear and not curiosity. Um, there was, there was a, an, a genuine, like I could feel the fear that like, oh my gosh, if God is not real, what is this for? Um, because doubt in a, outside of a relationship with God, since we are team Jesus is something we deal with on a day in and day out basis. Like we doubt or mistrust something we're judging if we're safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, when it comes to faith specifically, and if you're new to faith, the word doubt is brand, like doubting this brand new thing I just just committed my life to, I guess, with words, that's very normal. We shouldn't be afraid of doubt. We should be able to ask questions and give ourselves compassion when we have those. But also, if you're, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they're experiencing doubt in their faith, our response should be compassion. It should not be judgment, anger. If someone gets really angry because you question their faith, they're not very confident that God can protect them. I and mean, there's like that classic example that Christian parents fear their child going off to college because the college professor is going to use really big flowery words and convince their child that Jesus isn't real. Yeah, professors, most college professors are smarter than me, without a doubt. Uh, but I could have a college professor explain the science behind it. And I'm still going to trust that God's bigger than this college professor who has really good points that I don't know the answers to because I don't have the answers and I'm believing in something I can't see that is faith. So I hope I answered your question. Yeah, no, it's helpful to just know where you come from to this topic because yeah. we're all going to come to this differently. Like I know I have close people in my life that they just don't really deal with doubt, you know, and there's some people that are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, I don't, I don't really deal with doubt, but I think the, the more probably, um, the folks that deal with this more surely are probably just just based off personality like myself and folks that 
you know, the people that were supposed to show up in a trustworthy fashion in their life didn't. And I think that probably sets up a lot of folks, like for example, parents or grandparents or teachers or coaches or whatever, somebody that was significant to you that was supposed to be trustworthy wasn't and caused you harm. And as a result, you might deal with doubt um, and you probably deal with struggling with trust. And so hopefully this is just helpful to start off by saying, I think it's normal. Um, we see it, you know, in the Bible, we, we see it um, all throughout the church fathers. And um, I wanted to just highlight a couple of verses real quick. Um, one is in Mark chapter nine, and I'm not going to get into it um, fully in detail, but basically there's this kid who's sick with, um, with an unclean spirit and, uh, and we won't get into what all that means, but basically Jesus uh, says to him in verse 23 of chapter nine, he says, uh, if you can, um, all, all things are possible for one who believes, right? So obviously we're talking about belief here. If you believe it'll happen. And immediately the father of the child cries out and said, I believe help my unbelief. And so he's admitting there's doubt. He's admitting there's unbelief here. And what's interesting is it says, and when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said he's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up and he arose. And when he'd entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. So anyway, that's the end of an end of the scripture passage I want to read. But well, there's so many different directions we would, we could go with that. What I want to highlight in this moment, and I'm not trying to make any profound theological statements here. I'm more just wanting to, you know, read this text as it, as it reads and, and just chew on the, on the reality that even though there's unbelief here, even though the father admits there's unbelief here, Jesus's response isn't, well, let's wait for a minute until you believe enough or let's, you know, I'm, I'm going to reject your request to heal your son until you have the right kind of belief. He still, even though the father admits that there's unbelief in him, Jesus still chooses to do something on his behalf and pretty significant thing, heal his kid, which me having two children of my own, um, imagine that this would be the most terrible situation I could find myself in. Um, I can't think of much worse than my child being, um, being in, in danger and having a health crisis that I know nothing about, or no, uh, there's no prognosis that looks good. And the fact that Jesus healed and intervened on his behalf, despite the fact that he didn't earn it or he didn't even have the and you know he was doubting is pretty remarkable and i think i think what stands out to me there is just the fact that god's not shocked by our doubt thanks for listening to this episode of the relational recovery podcast we'll be back with part three in our conversation tomorrow we'll see you then